<clears throat> Hello? Hello, is this thing on? Hello? Hello? Welcome to Rapid Real Estate Radio. Prepare to be entertained and educated by expert interviews, real-life anecdotes, and pro tips. All designed to help you get started making money in real estate as fast as possible. Your host is a real estate investor, licensed broker, and coach who has helped thousands of new investors complete their first deal. Here's Gavin McCaleb. It's your friend Gavin McCaleb, and it's Rapid Real Estate Radio, the podcast that aims to get you started investing in real estate as fast as possible. I'll jump right into the topic at hand. As you can see from the title of the episode, How Much for the Toilet? I would like you to quickly, without looking, without referencing any outside material, would you please tell me how much does a toilet cost? Now, if you could rattle it off the top of your head, I guess congratulations. Maybe you're either in real estate already or you have a a bizarre porcelain fetish. I don't know what you got going on, and I'm certainly never here to judge. The point is that the average person doesn't know how much a toilet costs. It came with the house, <laughs> right? And that's fine. I get it. But but the example is I want to teach you guys how to think like a real estate investor. So when you go into a property, no, I don't want you to itemize your friend's fixtures and, and come up with some kind of a, a qualification about how intelligent or or well off they are financially. That's not what this is about. But in terms of getting your mind situated into the world of real estate investing, the question of how much does a toilet cost is a very valid and relevant question. And so I will give you the answer. So, you you know, you don't have to stop the podcast and go Google yet. Uh, according to one online article, a standard toilet install should cost an average of $348 or less. Unexpected costs could raise that price to $800 or so. And so I will tell you that, so that I, I found that online. I will tell you that in my experience, that uh, that somewhere in the 250 to 350 range is probably pretty reasonable. Uh, if you look on... Lowe's.com, which I do not have a sponsorship yet at this moment, but it's just one of the big home stores. If you prefer Home Depot or if you have a Menards or whatever different type of home store, and you're, I promise that's, it's not a dirty joke. It's literally like a a hardware store in the Midwest. Um, But I'm using Lowe's because there's one right by my house and and I have purchased materials there for rehabs. So an entry-level toilet from Lowe's starts around $200, and also Lowe's does offer installation as well. You can order it from them for about $119. So just from that information, I was able to say, well, not only does the Internet tell me that the cost is about $348 on average nationwide, but I, I just found out that for me personally, in my own area, I should be able to get I should be able to get on the phone and have a toilet installed for less than $350. So that's a starting point. Now again, this is not to cover the whole spectrum of boutique toilets. We're not covering heated seats or padded seats. We're not covering 
built-in bidets or water picks or whatever it is you'd like to discuss for the undercarriage. Yes, you can spend $2,000 on a toilet or $5,000 on a toilet. You absolutely could. But that's not what we do when we do renovations. We just basically look for whatever is functional and that matches with the price level of the house in question. And so I'm also not taking into consideration the idea that maybe if I call a general contractor or maybe I call a plumber to do the job, he may have a wholesale price that's cheaper. He may be able to get access to a, a toilet for less than the retail price at Lowe's. Absolutely. I'm open to all those things, and of course I've participated in those as well. I'm just suggesting that this is one way that we can all level the playing field. We can go right down the middle, and we can say anyone in any walk of life can get a new toilet for 350 bucks installed. That's, that's kind of the starting point for this conversation. And so it's realistic. It's something that we can count on. Now the whole idea idea for today is not just it's not just toilet talk, friends. I'm not changing the name of the podcast to Tales from the Toilet. That's not what we're doing. It's just to illustrate a point. And the point is that I want you to get started learning how to estimate repair costs. It's going to be a cornerstone of real estate investing. No matter what types of projects you're doing, if you're doing a fix and flip, yep, you've got to know what the materials and labor cost. If you're buying a rental, you still may have to do little spruce-ups or little fix-its here and there. And so, again, the cost of repairs are going to be relevant. Maybe you're thinking, well, don't worry, friend, I'm going to be a wholesaler. And, of course, a wholesaler is someone who sources a deal. But rather than actually do the deal themselves, they pass it off to another investor and, and you're right. In that case, you will not have to fix any toilets or change any light fixtures. But you do need still to have the skill of estimating repairs because how else are you going to present an, an, an opportunity to your investor friends if you don't have any idea what the cost of repairs is? And so that's what we're doing. We're figuring out how can I, the new investor, begin to quantify the cost of repairs so I can get in the game. That's all I ever wanted to do is get in the game. So here's what I want you to do. Some of these notes are going to be available as a transcript later on, either on the blog or on the uh, YouTube version. But until that gets posted, if you need to stop and take notes, I get it. If you're listening at the gym or in the car, you're just going to have to let it go through your mind. And if it's that important, you can go re-listen uh, in front of a computer or a notepad. What I want you to do is to break down a house into kind of the big main chunks of what a renovation project typically entails. And so here I'll give you an example. What well, I like to maybe go room by room. So you start in a typical bedroom. And you kind of look around. What types of surfaces or fixtures are found in a bedroom? So I got a ceiling, I got walls, I got a floor, maybe a window, maybe a light switch. Maybe a, a, a ceiling fan or a light fixture. So those are the things that I'm going to mark down on my list for a bedroom. Flooring, paint, light fixtures, door hardware is another thing that might you might have. If you're upgrading a house, you might go through and change out all the old brass and put it into a uh, oil-rubbed bronze or some other type of more modern, maybe even a stainless steel, something that's a little more modern and 
appealing to the eye. And so your bedrooms are gonna you're gonna have those core fix them items. Now you go to a bathroom. What am I gonna have in most bathrooms? Well, I'm gonna have a floor. I'm probably gonna have either a bathtub and or a shower surfaces, right? And so you, of course you can either have a fiberglass insert that's one piece that, that is the tub and a shower surround. That's kind of an entry level type of an item. Or you could do tile. You can have a, a nicer porcelain tub. You can have tile. You can have a tile surround shower, all those types of things. And and so in in a minute I'll kind of get to the point of how do I decide if I do a fiberglass insert or if I do tile? So I'll cover that momentarily, but I'm just right now I'm making a list of stuff I need in the bathroom. So I need a shower slash tub. I need a toilet, of course. I need a vanity. I need sinks. I need faucets, of course, usually go along with sinks. I need light fixtures. So those are the types of things that are typically going to be in each bathroom. And then in a kitchen, same, same same thing. I start from the bottom up. I go flooring, yes, cabinets, countertops, backsplashes, plumbing, fixtures, and appliances. So now I've got my list for the kitchen. Living room, similar to a bedroom. I've got a floor. I've got walls. I probably have light fixtures. Okay, so now that I've got that sketched out, the idea here is for you to go on a website or maybe take an afternoon and go through a home center, like I said, a Lowe's or a Home Depot or, or heaven help us, a Menards, and actually quantify the cost of those things. How much does a light fixture cost? How much is a ceiling fan? How much is a doorknob? Okay, see where I'm going with this? How much is an interior door? So, for instance, I have seen my share and then some of bedroom doors with punch in or kick holes in them. I don't know what these folks have been doing. I can only hope that everyone was safe and happy after the fact, but I see it all the time. And so I can tell you that a hollow core door that is an, like they call those, an interior grade door, uh, starting around 100 bucks. Now, yeah, you can get fancier. You can go up from there. But just the door itself, you can start around 100 bucks. And so, again, what I'm doing is I'm making the list. And I'm going to the home center. And I'm basically just getting familiar with the possibilities. And, yeah, you can do this online. You don't necessarily have to physically go there. Although there's something to be said for smelling the sawdust as they cut the wood at the far end of the home center. And so what you're going to want to do, so step one is to go through and look at the items. Okay. Step two is to, to break it down in such a way that I can then translate it to specific projects. So what I need to do in order to do that is maybe bring it over to a spreadsheet. And so I itemize everything, doorknobs, light fixtures, interior doors, uh, faucets, etc. And then now that I've got line items for each potential fixture that I need and I've got a, a cost associated with that, the next time I walk through a house, I can just count them up. I need nine doorknobs. I need four faucets. 
Do you see where I'm going with this? Now my spreadsheet is running a calculation on what? The repair estimate. That's right. You guys are doing good. So, of course, in this scenario, if you're just going to look at the line items, we're not including labor at this point. So that would be a separate conversation you would have with a laborer. That's right, a contractor, someone who's going to physically do the work. So step one, go out and find the cost of materials. Step two, figure out how much it's going to cost for the installation. Now, when I'm breaking these down into itemized spreadsheet form, the other thing you're going to want to look at is something like flooring. So what, what is the cost of flooring? Well, it makes the most sense to quantify that as a price per square foot or maybe even a price per yard. I've seen it both ways. Depending on you know how scientific you want to get, I suppose you could do price per meter. I don't know if that's how they quote prices around here, but I'm not going to put a restriction. If you can slide easily into that frame of mind, please do. But price per square foot is something we can all understand. And so, for instance, if I know that the price per square foot of a certain type of carpet and pad is 200, uh, not 200, $2.50 per square foot. Then if I have, let's say, 800 square feet to cover in this house that I'm estimating, well, I know that would be around $2,000. Now, I did not do the math, nor do I have a calculator in front of me. I think I actually did do the math earlier, but I couldn't, I couldn't remember. So if that math doesn't work, I'm sure you guys can all multiply $2.50 times 800 square feet. So same thing, if I need four faucets, $250. So that would be, again, whatever the cost per item is. So now I've got my spreadsheet. It is something that I have with me as I walk through the house. It could be on your iPad or on your phone. You could, you could take notes on a piece of paper and go back to your computer later. But now I plug everything in, and I know what the rough estimate of repairs is. And... So I want to pull out a couple of key principles here. One is something I alluded to moments ago. It's how I decide if I'm going to do a tile shower or just a fiberglass insert. It's how I decide if I'm doing granite counters or laminate countertops. They're all, they're all fine. They're all functional. It's a principle that we're going to revisit multiple times. And if you keep it in your back pocket, you'll be in the game. The principle is called... Typical for the area. Okay, so what that means is if I take a sample size of the neighborhood and I look at 10 properties, more than half of them, 7, 8, you see where I'm going with the ratios here, they are going to exhibit certain characteristics and traits. So your starter home neighborhoods, they're going to have fiberglass inserts and laminate countertops. That's what all the houses have in that neighborhood. So if I do the same thing, I am in the game because that's what everyone's expecting when they buy a house in that neighborhood if I spend extra on granite it's gonna look awesome it's gonna look so good you guys and I'm not gonna get the money back out that I spent for that beautiful upgrade because all the comparable sales are at a certain price and they don't have granite counters so have that be your guiding benchmark as you go through a property if you don't know the answer if you say oh man i'm standing here in a three hundred thousand dollar house and, I, and in this area it's right on the edge it might be an upgrade property it might be an entry-level property well what you need to do is get a sample size from the immediate area and find out 
what of the other homes that have sold, what types of finishes did they have? So that's again called typical for the area. And it is something that you'll come back to time and again. We don't want to ever overbuild. If you are doing a very fancy renovation project, then maybe you are going to get a $9,000 toilet. And maybe it is going to have buttons that you can push that automatically clean the undercarriage and that have a heated seat. I've seen all those things. And so maybe you are going to have those. I don't know. But only if you can answer the question, is this typical for the area? Okay. So I know that this was kind of a, a blast of information. And you might have to listen to it again to get all the nuggets or you could just jot down your notes or read the transcript when it is available. But at this point, I think that gets the point across. Now, I would like to give you a pro tip, as I always love to do. You can save a lot of time by coming up with what I call the standard package. So what that means is if I always target homes in a certain set range, so in this area here in Boise, Idaho, anything from about 120,000 to about 200 and uh, maybe about 200,000. That's the entry level price point. And so if I am doing homes that are all in that price range, guess what? I can go and set basically what I call the standard package. It's always the same fixtures. It's always the same uh light fi light fixtures, door handles, toilet sinks, faucets, mirrors, cabinets it's the same because it's always the same price point so now once I've got the standard package I can really truly dial in the expenses and the next time I go to a house that's just like the one I finished I don't have to redesign everything because it's already designed and it's already quantified and I can literally just walk in and say well I just finished a house just like this so I know exactly what it's going to cost so there's a lot of value in deciding before what type of property am I going to target and if I can repeat that over and over I'm going to be in a good situation. Now, look, I know it's not always possible. You, you're probably going to have to broaden your broaden your horizons, maybe have two different tiers. That way you can cover not only your main focus, but you can go one tier up or one tier down, depending on what your focus is. But you should still have the standard package. Now, maybe you guys are the creative types. Maybe you love to tell the difference between five different shades of blue. I can tell light blue and dark blue. I can sort of see the differences, but if I think of a blue place, it's just blue to me. And so, yes, if you walk through five of my renovation projects, you probably would spot the similarities, and I'm okay with it. If you walk through five new construction homes, guess what? They have a certain color palette as well. It's because people like what they've already seen before. They, it's familiar. It's comfortable. So this is by no means a cheat. Again, if you guys are interior design majors and you love doing Paisley or whatever they do, I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying the average person, they're not in this business to scratch their artistic itch. It could be a, a byproduct. I'm open to it. It's available. But for the most part, we just want to get in, get the project done, get out, get the profit, move on to the next deal. So that was your pro tip. Come up with a standard package that you can apply to multiple properties. And so friends, I hope this has been some good value to you. Again, I know it was jam-packed with content and you may have to go re-listen to it again. I invite you to do that. If you guys want to learn more about investing in general, I, I want you to catch me over at rapidrealestateradio.com. I'll have some links there where you can actually learn more about what it is that I do and how I help people do their first real estate deals. 
And, of course, if you guys are ever in the neck of the woods of southwest Idaho or you know someone who needs to buy or sell a property out here, please let me know. As a licensed broker, I can assist them. And, you guys, I want to finish here with a quote from the comedic personality Amy Poehler. She had her, I guess it was like an autobiography slash interesting book, came out a little bit ago, called Yes, Please. And she was ta- she was referring to any artistic endeavor and specifically like improv and comedy, but she says, remember, the talking about the thing isn't the thing. The doing of the thing is the thing. You see the wisdom of that? So here we are talking about real estate, and I absolutely encourage you to get information, get educated, read our articles, pick people's brains, but the talking about the thing isn't the thing. You've got to go out and do the thing. So after you hear this podcast, make your list, and head out either to the internet or to a home center and do your template, and then you'll be ready for your repair estimates. Thanks for listening to Rapid Real Estate Radio. Please remember to subscribe and tell your friends. Have a burning real estate question you need an answer to? Visit rapidrealestateradio.com to submit your question and to find out how you can get your rapid start in real estate.